0: soul. Welcome to Living Life. Uh, About a month ago, we had a new pastor come to our staff. And he asked us, uh, because he was coming from California to the northeast, uh, he asked us about the winter. Uh, He had no idea what to expect, and he had to prepare for the uh, upcoming winter with clothing and all of that. Uh, So he said, hey, what do you think is going to be the winter like this year, in 2020? How do you think the winter is going to be? And everyone, all the other pastors, answered the exact same way. They said 2020 winter in the northeast is going to be terrible. Uh, it's going to be extra cold. It's going to be extra stormy. Uh, it's going to be just a terrible winter. It's not because we had any, you know, foreknowledge or it's not because we are weather experts, you know, we're none of those things, uh, but we knew because it has 2020 in front of it, uh, that chances are it's going to be really, really bad uh, because 2020 has been a very taxing and trying year for everyone. You know, with this pandemic going around, affecting our lives, we had these, uh, these terrible fires on the West Coast, uh, crazy weather everywhere, economic turmoil, social upheaval, a great political 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 unrest and this is all just happening in only in America. You know, if we went around the rest of the world, I'm sure it'd be a lot worse. We even had Tiger King. Do you guys remember that? Early in the pandemic we had Tiger King. Uh, It's just a constant reminder in 2020 uh, that nothing is reliable. You know, 2020 has been a constant reminder that we actually have very little control over the things in our world and the things even in our own lives. Uh, Not only this year, but actually every moment of our lives, uh, we actually do have very little control. You know, we think we have a lot of control. We think we could do what we want to do, but in actuality, we actually have very, very little control. And 2020 is just a nice representative of that fact uh, that we have in our lives. You know, today we'll be looking deeper in the book of Jeremiah, and we see that it's a time of chaos and massive anxiety for the Israelites. Uh, But even in midst of all of that, even in midst of foreign rule and oppression and persecution, uh, it shows us that there's actually one place where we can continue to place our faith and trust. uh, And one place that will never, ever uh, let us down. I'm sure you guys know that answer, but as we ponder on uh, the uncertainty of our lives and the little control that we have, uh, join me in reading today's passage.
1: Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 41 through 53. How Shishak will be captured. The boast of the whole earth ceased. How desolate Babylon will be among the nations. The sea will rise over Babylon. Its roaring waves will cover her. Her towns will be desolate, a dry and desert land, a land where no one lives, through which no one travels. I will punish Bel in Babylon and make him spew out what he has swallowed. The nations will no longer stream to him, and the wall of Babylon will fall. Come out of her, my people. Run for your lives. Run from the fierce anger of the Lord. Do not lose heart or be afraid when rumors are heard in the land. One rumor comes this year, another the next. Rumors of violence in the land and of ruler against ruler. For the time will surely come when I will punish the idols of Babylon. Her whole land will be disgraced and her slain will all lie fallen within her. Then heaven and earth and all that is in them will shout for joy over Babylon, for out of the north destroyers will attack her, declares the Lord. Babylon must fall because of Israel's slain, just as the slain in all the earth have fallen because of Babylon. You who have escaped the sword, leave and do not linger. Remember the Lord in a distant land and call to mind Jerusalem. We are disgraced, for we have been insulted, and shame covers our faces because foreigners have entered the holy places of the Lord's house. But days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish her idols, and throughout her land the wounded will groan. Even if Babylon ascends to the heavens and fortifies her lofty stronghold, I will send destroyers against her, declares the Lord.
0: Today's passage, we're looking at this middle section, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 51, and also could be broken up into two different parts. Uh, the first part shows us how the Israelites have been overwhelmed uh, by Babylon, that Babylon came down like this destructive hellfire and just messed up everyone's lives and messed up everything that Israel had uh, and it led their lives into you know, massive uncertainty, uh, massive anxiety, and just total mental chaos. You know, verses 41 to 46, you know, God speaks, to these Israelites who are just all the way down, uh, can't even get any lower than where they are right now, and provides encouragement to them. That these seven verses or so is all about how God is encouraging and bringing hope to ostensibly hopeless situation. You know, it's not, it's very hard for us, uh, hard for me to not speak about the pandemic. You know, I want to ignore it. I want to forget about it. I don't want to deal with it. Uh, But it's so pervasive in our lives. It's hard for us to be able to ignore this. You know, when I watch TV shows about life uh, before COVID-19 and you see people like hugging and shaking hands, you see people in like concerts and in groups together, I'm just thinking like, wow, how is that even possible? What are they doing? And it just gives me anxiety uh, seeing people together like that. And I remember in the very beginning when our church or when our culture was hit by this pandemic, I think it was like, uh, late February or early March, uh, we closed our church building right away and we moved everything online. I remember uh, being a very naive and very hopeful young pastor uh, making an announcement to the community that I serve and saying, you know what, this will pass. Uh, this will pass. Right now, you know, we're closing our buildings, but don't worry, we're going to have Easter service together right here in this building. And I are making a huge deal out of this. Uh, so bold, so uh, so foolish so innocent uh, such a long time ago and uh, now that looking back easter no way i mean we have thanksgiving and christmas coming up and we're still like shaking our heads and we have no idea what we're going to do you know because of all of this it's very normal for us to feel discouraged uh, especially when we have so little control over everything that's happening you know it's normal to feel discouraged when things are not going according to our way or according to our plan. You know, all of these things that come to us, right, whether we've lost a loved one or even fired or, you know, all these things that you have saved and prepared, just you lose it in a moment's notice. Uh, If you've been let down by someone that's a very close person, if you have been rejected by someone or something or a school, whatever it may be, uh, it's very easy for us to become discouraged and be angry and frustrated and just see that there is actually no hope in this situation. But in midst of all of this, in midst of all of this, you know, God speaks to us in the same way that he spoke to the Israelites in today's passage, uh, that he's still speaking to us today. And though it may be hard for us to hear him uh, because of all the noise that's going around, uh, and even harder for us to hear him because we have all this chaos going around us, but God is still speaking to us. Uh, God is speaking to us a message, His message of true hope and a message of what is to come, that even though we are stuck in this one area right now, we can't do anything about it. God shows us what true hope is by speaking of what is to come, uh, that He encourages us when we need Him the most, Uh, that even in moments like this, when all of these terrible things might be happening, uh, God is still blessing us God is still blessing you. God is still blessing me every moment, every minute second of the day. Uh, That when we actually turn to him, instead of looking at all the different things in our lives, if he turned to him instead of turning to the world, then we're actually able to see these blessings just come alive. That one by one, they will be revealed to us. Uh, That we're not actually looking for some silver lining, some small little thing in the midst of all this chaos. No. No. We're able to see the huge, amazing, uh, full of grace blessing that God has shown to us and given to us in this very moment, in midst of all of this chaos. Because God is still with us and God remains for us no matter what. When we say that God is good and we say that God is good all the time, right? It doesn't mean that it comes with conditions. God is not only good when I have money in my pocket. God is not only good when things are peaceful and everybody is healthy. God is not only good when the economy is strong and, you know, we win wars and all these things. No, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. In midst of the pandemic, God is good. In midst of mourning and sorrow, God is good. In midst of frustration and confusion and anxiety, God remains good no matter what, and God remains on our side. But the problem is, it's very difficult for us to go to Him first, Uh, especially when there's chaos around us, spiritual chaos, mental chaos, physical ailments, whatever it may be. It's very difficult for us to place our full trust in God. Then instead of looking for God, uh, looking for answers in God, uh, we tend to look in all the different areas and all the wrong places. We look for relief and hope where there actually is no relief and no hope. And God actually warns, about, uh, warns us today about this, in the second half of today's passage. You know, when we look at verses 47 to 53, uh, God speaks about the sins of Babylon and what will happen to them because of these sins. He says in verse 52, but I will punish her idols and throughout her land, the wounded will groan. He's saying that even though Babylon ascends to the heavens and fortifies their lofty strongholds, and these are the words in today's passage, God says it's nothing. I'm going to send destroyers. I'm going to send destroyers to just knock down everything that they are fortified. You know, this, as we read today's passage, is actually an allusion uh, to what happened many thousand years ago in the Tower of Babel. You know, the story of Tower of Babel in Genesis, the people, they came together and they try to ascend to heaven. They fortified their cities, they fortified their towers, and they climb higher and higher and higher, thinking that they could reach God. So what was the crux of their problem? What was the core of their sin? Now, by doing so, they revealed what was in their hearts, but they were trying to say that they don't need God. They don't need God, that they are God themselves. They could achieve everything on their own, and they don't need God. They're ignoring God's plan for them, and they say, you know what, I don't need you, God. Instead, I'm going to build this tower, and I'm going to be on your level. You know, their idols were themselves. Their idols were their achievements. Their idols was technology. They were placing their faith and trust not in God, but in their own selves and their own achievements. You know, that's the same thing that Babylonians did. They placed their trust in their own power and in their own false gods. And because they did so, their fate was already set. You know, in verse 44, it says, uh, god says, I will punish Bel and Babylon and make him spew out what he has swallowed. The nations will no longer stream to him and the wall of Babylon will fall. You know, Baal was another name for Marduk, uh, who was the chief god of Babylon. You know, think about, you know, Zeus, any like God that's supposed to be ruler of heaven. Uh, that's what Bel was. And God says, "Bel, you are nothing. You are nothing. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to punish everything. You know, I'm going to just throw you down and just wipe you out and you're going to be nothing. Just like Babylon's going to be nothing, Bel, you are going to be nothing. And even though Babylon put their full trust in this God, Bel, it was useless because that was a false idol. So the question that we need to ask ourselves today is what are the idols in your life? What are the things that you are placing higher than God? You know, we don't worship Bel, we don't worship Marduk, but we still have idols in our lives. You know, health could be an idol. Wealth, power, work. Could be an idol. Family members could be an idol. What is something that we think that we cannot live without? What is something that's actually our ultimate source of our happiness beyond God, beyond anything else? Whatever that answer is, that becomes our idol. That becomes our bell. That becomes our Marduk. Whatever it may be, we need to throw it down in the same way that God threw down those idols. Because if we continue on that path, we'll end up exactly the same way as the Babylonians. So today, as we meditate and go deeper into this passage, uh, let us put our full faith and trust in the one true God, the God who stands with us, the God who gives us hope and encouragement and just cuts through all the chaos and the one that controls us even in midst of the greatest storms. How do we know that God is faithful? How do we know that God is completely reliable? And how do we know that God stands with us? We know this because of his son, Jesus Christ, God incarnate who came here for us, who died for us and was raised from the dead for us. Uh, Because of Jesus and because of his love, mercy, and promise, we know that God is always with us. Uh, So as we think about the cross of Jesus Christ, let's all come together and pray at this moment. Uh, Dear Lord, we thank you for giving us today's message and showing us that even though we may say that we follow you and that we are Christians, that we too have idols in our lives. Uh, Lord, there are things that we turn to before we turn to you. There are things that we consider more important than you, that uh, there are things in our lives that we consider that we can't live without, uh, that is not actually you, Lord. You know, whatever those things may be, at this time, reveal them in our hearts, uh, we might not be able to see them. We may be blind to them. But at this time, reveal those idols right now in our hearts and give us that strength and wisdom to be able to lay them down uh, just the same way that you destroyed all those idols of Babylon. Uh, Lord, uh, be with us and bless us uh, throughout all this chaos and all the, everything else that's going on in this world. Uh, we know, Lord, that you will never, ever leave our side. Uh, Lord, we thank you and we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.